0: Hey guys, really excited to introduce this next guest. I just wanted to let you know you can go to AllSportsBest.com for any other podcasts that we've done in the past. We have some coming up as well, so please make sure and check those out. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you get a chance. We'd love that if you wrote a review as well. And uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, without further ado, here we go. hello everybody and welcome to All Sports best I'm Trey Gonzalez and I'm here with a very special guest I'm excited to introduce a Texas Rangers organization pitcher for the Nashville Sounds Tim Dillard how you doing man
1: Wow oh man I'm doing great It sounds weird when you say Texas Rangers
0: <laughs> yeah right a little bit different Maybe the
1: first yeah first person to probably say it that way so well there you I appreciate go
0: it yeah yeah absolutely. <laughs> I wanted to also kind of just introduce you as as a podcaster, a social media influencer. I mean, you have your hand in a lot of different things right now, right? So what got sure. you into all of this stuff?
1: I I mean, I don't know. I guess I've always kind of been creative in that way. But now that, like, you know, you can do everything on your phone, basically, that yeah. kind of sped up that process. <laughs> you know, I used to make videos all the time as a kid, but I had that giant VHS thing, like, tethered oh. to my VCR. So... Yeah, this is just way easier to do stuff, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have an agenda with it. I just kind of like to learn the crafts of different things, and the podcast thing is is a pretty cool and interesting thing, and I don't know much about it, and I'm just trying to learn like everybody else.
0: Yeah, there you go. You've got 43,000-plus followers on Instagram, um, a little over 41,000 followers on Twitter. Over time, uh, I know that you accrue fans from playing and you know showing out in front of uh, big groups and big crowds, but how else have you been able to really spread your name out there in social media?
1: Uh, I don't know. Um, I I started doing videos where I would sing along to Latin songs. Okay. And yeah, <laughs> that got, that kind of got big <laughs> last year, and um, started getting retweets from like I think I got Mark Anthony to retweet something one time. There you and, go. Uh, you know some other guys, and and next thing I you know, I was actually invited. December of 2007 to dance on stage at the
0: Univision Primos Deportes award show in no Miami way. for yeah for Univision
1: so you know just little things like that,
0: <laughs> that yeah just li- something little like that I feel like Mark Anthony would know a little a little bit about Latin music would you say
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean well you, you know you you're in the clubhouse so much and you uh you gravitate towards all these guys your friends your family for the so many months Yeah. And uh, that's part of their culture, man. Like, so you get to learn about like, okay, these artists are from this part of the world. And, you know, these guys like this kind of music and what's different from this. And I don't know. I've just kind of always liked Latin music. But in the last three or four years, I've really been able to enjoy it in a lot of ways just because I know more about the people that are making the music and more about where they're from.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So I got to know, uh, you were born in Florida, lived in Mississippi, uh, moved around, ended up in Wisconsin, Colorado Springs, Nashville. I mean, you've played baseball in about every single city that is known to man. How did that – I mean, what does that feel like?
1: Uh, it's, it's, it's a complete lifestyle. Um, you know, and what people don't know is that a lot of players that are in, the, in, in pro ball, they do quit. Um, you don't really hear about it that much, but you know, it's not for everybody and it is a tough life. You know, the payoff obviously is tremendous, right? If you're one of the top one, you know, percent or whatever it is. Um, but it's, it's a difficult life. It affects all your friends, all your family. And, um, I would say the only way I was able to, you know, last this long is my wife. She's, she's the MVP and without her, like none of this works. So,
0: and, and you're also getting brownie points off of this if she's listening.
1: Yeah. No, she doesn't listen to it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's in
0: the other room just in case. <laughs> That's fair. Um, the Brewers <laughs> apparently really believed in you at a young age, drafted you twice, um, yeah. kind of gave you that chance, and then they brought you on for your MLB debut, um, which is amazing, obviously, a dream come true. But at first you were a catcher and you moved on to be a pitcher after being drafted the second time. How did they even go about that and say, you know what, we're gonna change you to something you don't really do very much?
1: Well, I had I had thrown a little bit in high school. I had I started my junior and senior year, um, and I had two scouts looking at me to pitch and two scouts looking at me to catch. Ah. Um, but what I could offer as a catcher, I mean, I, that's what I did my entire life. Um, I knew that was probably the fastest way to the big leagues, right? A catcher that can hit and throw people out, and yeah. block, and call a game and. So I always like to call my own games. I was very, I don't know, meticulous in my craft, and I learned from a lot of guys. My dad was a, he played in the big leagues as a shortstop and second baseman, and then was a minor league coach. And so I grew up watching these big league catchers, or, or, you know, soon-to-be big league catchers, like the Scotty Service or the Eddie Taubensee and some of these guys, Mm. just seeing what they do, how they prepare, you know, pick their brain a little bit, even when I was like 10. So when it was my turn to kind of, you know, get into that, I was starting to get drafted. I was like, I really wanted to be a catcher, and I thought that was where I was the most valuable, and so that was what I would express to scouts anytime I would see one, and um, sure enough, got drafted as a catcher, but I had hurt my shoulder, my left shoulder swinging, and so that kind of took me out of the running, and there's always a running joke. Jack Zarendic, who's most recently been a—he was the— GM for the Mariners, but he was the scouting director for the Brewers back then, and uh. so he came to he came to follow up in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. I was playing in a tournament in uh, summer ball, and he came to watch a right-handed hitting catcher, and uh, I was batting left-handed and playing shortstop. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. He, he, he likes to tell
1: that story, but um, I, I my shoulder just kind of took a long time to heal. Ended up having surgery on it. Doctor Andrews put a stitch. Um, and it's my non-throwing arm, I just used to swing really hard, yeah. and I uh, ended up getting drafted again, even though I didn't really play that much in junior college my first year, got drafted again by the Brewers as a catcher, and then I finally got healthy, I was finally hitting good, I was catching good, and I started to pitch a little bit back in college, like uh, the back end of the rotation, closing games, and... Anyway, when push came to shove, and the Brewers had the rights to me before the 2003 draft, they said, listen, we like you as a catcher, but we love you as a pitcher, and we think you could have a long career as a pitcher. And I was like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> I'll do but, it. Yeah, yeah, 16 you know seasons later, about to play my 17th season. I mean, I guess they were
0: right. Yeah, no kidding. And how, were you able to ever get any ABs as a pitcher? Because I know that's sometimes hard to come by, but yeah. were you able to?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm a career, like, 182 hitter in uh, pro ball.
0: <laughs> nice. But, I, but I'm not here to brag. <laughs> or yeah. am I? Do you still yeah, take I, daddy hacks?
1: Uh, No, I mean, I, I I don't. I hit a home run about three
0: years ago. Nice. Um, But it wasn't like I took a, you know, a huge, massive hack. I was
1: more, I know what I'm seeing now. Like, I walk up there as a pitcher, and everyone in the world knows you're a pitcher. So, it's basically, can I hit a fastball? Right. You know, and... I got actually, I got a hit in the big leagues in 2008, and um, it was off of, I don't even know who it was off of, but they uh, they threw a fastball, and it was 86, and I swung through it like it was 110, like dang. it was like, so, I was like, oh man,
2: you know, I was like, that's so hard. <laughs> He's breathing. Like, yeah, I look at the radar again, and it's like 86, I'm like, dang, but the next pitch was a changeup, and so I got fooled and ended up kind of half
1: swinging and blooped the ball over Mark Teixeira's head at first, so nice. um, it was against the Braves. I forgot he was with the Braves, but yeah, that's who it was. Anyway, I just remember that because I was like, 86 is blowing people away because you don't get that much repetition. It doesn't matter how good you are. When you're up there, if you're not getting a lot of reps at the plate, mm. it is hard to hit. So you can think about those guys that are on the bench, you know, the utility guys or the, you know, the pinch hitters that don't get a lot of swings and they have to stand up there and all of a sudden hit a guy that's, you know, throwing just filthy stuff. It's pretty difficult.
0: Yeah. Sidearm style, did that come natural to you when you turned to be a pitcher, or did that kind of come over time? Uh, probably, you know, the, the actual
1: style of it um, probably wasn't the hardest part. The hardest part for me was trying to figure out how to probably how to re-pitch. Mm. Um, when I was in high school, my arm slot was kind of low. Because to me, those were the hardest pitchers for me to face, where the guys kind of throwing a, a kind of a three quarter angle, and the ball would run in on your hands. I hated that as a hitter, yeah. so I wanted to inflict that on hitters that I haven't met yet. So that's <laughs> when I started right. pitching. That's that's what I wanted to do. Um, as and when I switched sidearm, I was like, okay, everything, all my principles, my foundation, everything that I tried to do over the top is suddenly changed, mm-hmm. and just probably trying to go through that figure out you know when to pitch in when to pitch away what do hitters look for if a righty steps in what is he thinking a left hander steps in there what does he think how do they classify you um and how does your stuff play what's it look like hardest thing for me was figuring out what my stuff looked like so if i throw a four seam fastball sidearm it becomes it looks like a two seamer so if i throw wow. a
0: two seam breaking ball it's going to look like a four seamer and vice versa you want your pitches to look the same right so uh, to fool the hitter so that
1: was the stuff that kind of came over time and um it's a lot of trial and error a lot of trial and error and so i get a lot of questions from from sidearm kids probably all across the world you know over twitter they'll message me and ask me questions about it because you know it's not coming from an opinion it's coming from a hey i tried this and it failed miserably or hey i tried this and i had a minor you know piece of success here so um anyway whatever i've I don't, I don't want to say I figured it out. I feel like it's kind of like knuckleball or anything else. Like, you're always tinkering with it. You're always trying to make it better. Yeah. Um, so that's all I'm trying to do is get better.
0: You got to tell me about back pain or arm strain. Is there any difference, difference in, you know, pitching overhand to sidearm with those types of, uh, I guess, injuries or pain?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I never really had a lot of arm trouble. I was blessed in that area. I've never, I've never uh, missed a game due to injury in my career. And I know there's probably a lot of people who can't say that, Yeah. but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, to me, it was, it was more shoulder, I guess when I was over the top, but now that I'm sidearm, it's, it's probably more like the back, lower back and hips Mm -hmm. just because you're putting more strain on certain areas. Like if you're throwing over the top, think about with your arms over your head, pulling to the ground, you know, and you can kind of inflict that force with your legs and you know, your back. And so then you've got to do that. And, sideways so like you lean over and then you try to do that same thing you can feel the strain on your back right and uh i don't even know what some of the other places are called but sometimes they're sore
0: (laughs) (laughs) so how do you prevent it do you use a lot of like resistance or strength training or what is your go-to to keep from your back or anything hurting too much sure um i don't know if there's anything like super specific
1: i would say that i'm just like this is the one thing that i do um but I, I do a boot camp class in the off-season. I work out at this place called D1. They actually train football players across the country, like oh. get ready for the combine and stuff.
2: And yeah.
1: They, And uh, I just take a simple boot camp class. And I first did it, I thought, well, this is kind of cheesy, but it's very aggressive. And, <laughs> you know, you're because it's ever-changing, your body doesn't get used to it. So if you go do the same thing every day, your body's going to get used to it, and you're going to kind of master that skill of whatever it is, if it's push-ups or, you know doing a dumbbell dumbbell curl but yeah. we start factoring in different things like crawling on the ground and mm. you know dragging chains around and you know all this other stuff like you you start to realize like man I'm doing real brute strength and so you have to be very athletic to be a pitcher anyway but to be a sidearm pitcher I feel like you kind of have to step it up a notch and this stuff just keeps me young you know it keeps me doing these movements that are going to be conducive to actually what I'm doing on the field because sure. you're not going to be doing these cookie cutter you know uh, if you're bench pressing like you don't ever just do a bench press right Right. Um, so, so the idea of like crawling on the ground and doing a push up and then doing a burpee like something like that's going to be a little bit more aggressive so I feel yeah. like a ninja sometimes just there really you go. Loud, a really loud ninja
0: <laughs> you should I, I want to see a ninja series coming to your social media with uh, with videos and stuff like that I think we're going to have to see if you can make that happen
1: <laughs> yeah Yeah. I, you know, I see all these people posting like videos, of like "Hey, I did a workout today." You know, and baseball players are guilty of this too. I yeah. just, I, I just can't be that guy. Like, I don't, I wouldn't <laughs> expect anybody to care. Nobody no cares if no. I work out or not. Maybe the Rangers do. Maybe they care if I work out. But that's about it.
0: How's how is AAA in Nashville? Obviously, one of your favorite places to live. obviously your favorite place to live. Favorite, one of your yeah. favorite places to play baseball. You are first in wins and innings pitched and second in K's and games pitched. You're going to head back there. Um, how much do you like it there? It's home.
1: It's home. I didn't – when I set out playing this game, I really felt like a nomad for a while. I'd always kind of gravitate towards my my family in Mississippi, but I'd always be gone doing something, right? I've spent yeah. over two years of my life in Arizona, um, parts of Florida, uh, a little bit in Tennessee. And so when when push came to shove, of like, all right, we're just going to be home um, – I don't know it was just an easy call in 2007 we went through the season got to know some people that were actually from Tennessee but didn't have any really real friends but we knew that this is where we wanted to live um, there's something about the city and ever since then it's just grown I think like some weird number of like a hundred people or a thousand people a day or something move here uh, so I don't know if that's good or bad but it's home yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the stadium the stadium back then was you know old and you know kind of run down but that's what i knew that was what i was used to and so now they have a brand new stadium and i've seen it as a as a visitor now i want to see it as a home player
0: yeah that's that'd gonna be, awesome. be interesting <laughs> do you guys have any perks in nashville or as the sounds with music like you have musical performances at the uh stadium at the field or do you just go and see them yourself and and do you have you ever had any cool experiences with music there
1: with music uh they used to have the what is it, like the celebrity softball thing? Okay. Um, So, I remember one time, let's see, my son's about to turn 10, he was maybe, I don't know, three months old, and we took him to the softball charity thing, and like, uh, Hootie and the Blowfish guy was there. Oh, cool. And Carrie Underwood (laughs) was there, and uh, I don't know, some of the other people. I mean, we're not huge country music fans, but, you know, it's still cool to see a bunch of people out there. Um, You know, just, it was for a good cause, and I don't know. It was, it was fun. I I think they still do something like that. But at this nicer stadium, maybe I can get a VIP pass. Maybe I can pull that off. Oh,
0: that's ideal, for sure. <laughs> I love the specificity of Hootie and the Blowfish guy. That's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darius Rucker. I just, <laughs> yeah. you know, people, not everybody's going to know who he is. So I know who he is. I got you. Um, you have been doing a podcast, the show and go podcast. So kind of like a little bit of a promo for you here. Um, it's with you and three other guys, one of them, including Ben Zobrist. How did that get started? And, um, what would you tell somebody that is thinking about listening to that podcast?
1: Uh, if they're thinking about listening to it, they should just give in, give in There listen. (laughs) Um, so Ben came to me, I guess, I don't know, maybe around this time last year, and um i've known him for a long time probably over 10 years now and he was like hey man i'm just you know i'm at a point in my career you know i just and this guy loves giving back right like he just oh, he's cool. always looking for the next thing and so i already knew what he was going to say but he was just like man i'm looking to give back with knowledge right like i i, I feel like i have a lot to share um and i want to put together a team so like what could me and you and you know a couple other guys what could we do and i was like let's do a podcast and he was like that's really a good idea. And I was like, yeah, hmm. so our church does a podcast. And so we just use their equipment and we sit in a room, me being a pitcher,
2: Ben being a everything guy, right? <laughs> Switch hitter, everything. world
1: series MVP. Yeah, yeah. He's done it all. Plays every position. Um, So he and then we also have his strength guy, Joshua Costello, who's Mm. been his strength guy for and friend for, you know, 15, 20 years. And then you got Ryan Smaltz, who's the head coach at Trevecca University in downtown Nashville. So we've all been buddies for a long time. We all love talking baseball and it's literally us just sitting in the room and we talk baseball. And so we tried it a few times and we realized we needed some sort of topic, even though the stuff we were saying was probably interesting. Um, but we realized we needed more of a <laughs> – we need to have – Like a structure.
2: guideline. Yeah, so we, we put coach – we call
1: him coach. So we put Ryan in charge of, um, of just giving us an outline of kind of what we're going to do. And So they like write notes sometimes and do this. I don't do anything. I just sit there. I introduce everybody, and they give a topic, and it just reminds me of something that I remember in baseball, and I just – that's the way I roll. But those okay. guys are more – you know, that's why you listen to them more because they sound better. They have better notes and they know what they're doing. Me, I just kind of <laughs> wing it. But we, what we've gotten is a lot of feedback with baseball. But what we didn't expect um, is a lot of feedback from people that don't even care much for baseball. Mm. You know, the stuff we're talking about is interacting like with your coworkers. You know, okay. interacting with your with your boss. You know, so how to fun. how to prepare for stuff like that. And then um, probably our biggest episode was the one we were talking about. The mental toughness you know what what the, how to how to get past you know everything when it comes to the mental challenges that come with baseball or anything else and uh, we even had like a lady bowler contacted us and was like oh. i actually have applied a lot of what you're saying to my bowling team she's like a professional bowler Dang. i thought wow we didn't really set out for that but we're starting to realize that that's a big deal and yeah this is bra- uh, ben's brainchild he This is kind of what he envisioned. He just didn't know in what capacity.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And I definitely encourage everybody to go and check it out. It's really cool. Um, It's called the Show and Go podcast. You can find it pretty much anywhere. Is is that right?
1: Yeah. Uh, We're on. I mean, iTunes and Spotify seem to be what people do most. Yeah. I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I haven't really listened to too many podcasts. When we had the idea of doing it, I was like, I need to learn what a podcast is. Right. So I just. I did some research. I figured out how to do it and, you know, created a website and figured out all this stuff. And so we do it all in-house. Like, we don't try to get anybody else to do it. I mean, it's basically us in a room. We
0: record on great equipment, and then we stick it um, for everybody to hear. Hmm. And,
1: yeah, it's the simplicity of it.
0: Mental toughness has to be a huge part of the way that you... I mean, obviously, you just talked about how one of your podcasts has influenced a lot of different people. You had to have a a very good amount of mental toughness to get from the MILB to the MLB. (laughs) And I wanted to know kind of what the grind was to get to that point and and then to where you are now.
1: (laughs) Um, There wasn't much grind to get to where I am now. I just (laughs) kind (laughs) of... I mean, maybe maybe a little bit of grit involved when it comes to uh, continuing to play. I yeah. guess I could say that. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it's. I, I think the the idea is that people go, okay, if I work hard enough, and and it, 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 everything's going to pay off for me. And it's simply not that way. It's simply not true because I know guys that are always that were better than me, that worked harder than me, that mm-hmm. never got a shot in the big leagues. And I know people that haven't. I mean, I don't work that hard, but. I know guys that have done absolutely nothing. They roll out of bed, you know, they get everybody out or they, all they can do is hit and they're in the big leagues. So Mm. then you start going, well, what's the common factor? And then you realize there's really no common factor. The, the best, the best advice I could give somebody is to go, listen, that's out of your hands. You know, that's, you can't control any of that. You can control Mm. if you show up on time or not, that you have some say so in that. If you want to be the guy that shows up late, that will probably hinder your chances of playing further uh, (laughs) down the road. But, You know, as far as the stuff you can do on the field, um, it's very limited. And I think as soon as players know just how little control they have in this game, um, you can go one or two ways with it. You can be scared of that and say that's unfair or whatever. Or you can go the other direction and go, wow, that gives me the freedom to go out there and literally have fun because there's nothing that you can go out there and make happen. You just kind of have to go out there and play your game the best you can play and
0: be okay with that. I like it. I like it. Your MLB debut came with the Brewers, like we said earlier. What was the biggest difference from minor leagues to major leagues as far as, I mean, honestly, everything goes. I guess this is a really broad question, but, I mean, competition, perks, you know, travel, all of it. Perks, yeah. Um,
1: so I told – we I don't even know what year this was, 2011 maybe, 10, 11, 12, hmm. somewhere in there. I was with the Sounds for a long time. But we had Chris Davis – who's now with the A's and uh, okay. like 50, 50 jacks every year. Very so good. Yeah. He was in the minor leagues. Yeah, he was in the minor leagues. And so he kind of asked me the same question. Like, what's the difference? What's the difference between AAA and the big leagues? Like, what's the what's that thing that I need to know? Like, if you could tell me. and I thought it was great because he was a younger guy and he, you know, sought out a guy that would give him sound advice, I guess, which I don't know why he picked me, but I was like, okay. <laughs> and, I told him, I said, really, all right, the only difference between A ball and double A is that it's a little bit quicker. And the only difference between double A and triple A is that it's a little bit quicker. And then every you know, triple A to the big leagues, it's a little bit quicker. It's just a little bit faster. So the idea there is that you have to kinda get out ahead of that. You know, you Mm. gotta know as a pitcher standpoint, all right, how many people do I have on base, how many outs are there? Um, who's at the plate? What am I gonna try to get this guy to do? Know the situation, but know the situation faster. Mm. You know, how many times do you see a ball hit back to a pitcher and he doesn't know where to throw it? Um, yeah. Or a guy makes it out and he starts walking up the field thinking there's three outs. So, you know have an idea of what the situation is, but faster. and as a hitter, you need to know that your body's gonna tell you, I gotta hit this thing out of the park right Mm -hmm. your body's going to tell you this is how fast you can run and suddenly you think you're going to get to the big leagues and be some sort of superhero where you can do everything that you couldn't do in the minor leagues so i just encouraged him the player you are now is going to be the player you are in the big leagues like don't expect some special anything i was like if anything fight against that because it's going to tell you you have to hit balls further and hit balls better or run faster jump higher throw harder like Your body's going to tell you that, and you have to say, no, I'm going to stay and do what I can do and Mm -hmm. control what I can control. And uh, what's interesting is I saw him like – he got called up pretty soon after that, actually. And I saw him down the road a few months later. Maybe it was the next year. And he's like, dude, you were so right. He goes, everything was like just a little bit faster. And he's like, all I wanted to do was try to hit balls 900
0: feet. (laughs) (laughs) Make ESPN. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and I remember thinking, that's about right, because that's what I felt as a pitcher. I was like, I'm going to throw this 105. I've never done it before, <laughs> but suddenly I feel like I can. Yeah. So that's what the big leagues is. It feels like it just gives you this, this rush, you know, and like you feel like the Hulk out there. But in reality, you're just the same person, just on a bigger stage.
0: What were some of your favorite perks as far as gear goes, as far yeah. as media, everything?
1: Every, everything. The money was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you different. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah that was i mean but everything like you know you take a charter plane in the minor leagues you you um you, you have you fly commercial so you got to wake up really early you got to stand in line do all that stuff and you know you might be sitting next to somebody you don't know and they want to be chatty at 5 45 so you kind of have to go eh, i'll put my headphones in or <laughs> i'll get to learn i'll get to learn you know gladys's grandkids or whatever so mm you're kind of
0: you know you're kind of fighting against the just the travel
1: aspects to get to where you're going and and the big leagues game's over you know you pack up the stuff's already packed you you know go to the airport drive up to the plane get off the bus walk straight on the plane and there's like food and snacks and just anything you can imagine um there i remember one flight there was eight different kinds of cheese and i'm a big cheese guy so this was a big flight for me so i ate like a ton of cheese so that's that's kind of what you're dealing with in in that regard. So to me, the perks part of it's just it's just a little bit easier. They just let you. It's just you know it's, they they want to remove the big leagues wants to remove everything that could distract you from playing your best on the field. Yeah. So okay. that's how they do it as far as payment. That's how they do it as far as insurance. Uh, the perks of travel. Uh, your equipment is the best. You know, it's like your uniforms. They can tailor them exactly to your specs that you need. Um, you know you're in the big leagues they give you spikes like say you got an Under Armour contract or Nike or whatever it is you know they got the best grade quality they'll give you a hundred different spikes whatever it takes you know the bats are the best wherever you find bats so they want to remove every single excuse you could imagine so you can just go out there and play your best peace of mind all that to the side here it is just go play your best. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no. that's the joy of it. That's why yeah. everybody wants to play in the big leagues, right? Because oh, of yeah. those things.
0: <laughs> what gear did you specifically like the most? Glove, cleats. Did you get any bats or batting gloves just for the heck of it?
1: I mean, not legally. I probably took some. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I've actually only used uh, two, two gloves in my life uh, as oh. far as starting or as far as playing. Um, I've used two gloves, uh, but I don't know the spikes. Having just a whole bunch of spikes, I love wearing spikes. I wear them in batting practice. I, I power shag. Um, you know, it gets harder in the minor leagues. You don't get as many spikes. You kind of have to borrow them from players, or you know, guys are throwing them away. You're like, hey, let me grab those. Yeah. So I haven't had a, I haven't had an Under Armour deal, or a, I had a Puma deal once. Remember Puma? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's one time in the. This is about the only thing I can say that was cool in the big leagues for me personally was. There was a time when it was me, Johnny Damon, um, who else, maybe Prince Fielder, and they, and Brian Shouse, I think were the only guys that had Puma in the league, like in 2006 or 7 or 8. In all of baseball, I was in the minor leagues, but like in all of baseball, minor leagues and big leagues, there was only like four people that had Puma. Mm. So, yeah, Wikipedia, where you at?
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You are highly known for your social media and videos and stuff like that, and I'm going to get back to this, but is this something that you want to continue on for long, long after baseball?
1: I mean, I'm getting up in age, man. People may not want to see an old guy making dumb videos. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't mean I won't do it. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know. I just enjoy having a good time in whatever capacity that is. Yeah. So if it, you know a lot of people love love to see the negative. Like give me the negative. Where's the negative? I just want to see it. That's easy. Yeah. You know, the most some of the people that I encounter that just are constantly bringing up the the worst about everything and the negative about everything. Like that that's easy. You know, it's almost lazy. Like anybody can do that. I was like on the flip side of that is let's see what the positive of every situation is. So you kind of get out ahead of that. It's not really being pessimistic. I just expect things to kind of not go your way. That's life, right? Yeah. You know, I, we, we think that it's supposed to be perfect and we'll hit this plateau of like, wow, life's just awesome. for mm. You know, because I did all this stuff and I finally made it. It's like, no, nah, man, every day is a struggle in some capacity. So I just accept that. Not that I'm pessimistic, but I'm prepared. So when the bus breaks down at 2 a.m., you know, and we don't have a, you know a ride from the airport to the field that's an hour away, you know, you just kinda go, Well, I kinda expected that to happen. Let's see what we can do. You know, we can we shoot a video or we can yeah. you know, I'll watch a Netflix movie with this guy from Venezuela. Like, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll have a <laughs> good time doing it. And you know, if you're hanging on if you're let's say your emotions are hanging on every everything that's going on with your circumstances, you're gonna have that roller coaster. Yeah. So people talk about consistency in baseball and what that is. It's it's being able to control your emotions when that's going on it doesn't mean you're not on the roller coaster it means what are you going to do when you're on that roller coaster
0: yeah okay definitely makes sense and you have had an opportunity to get endorsed through your videos and stuff like that sponsorships and commercials uh how did that come about
1: (laughs) i don't know so people just reach out to me and they're like, "Hey." you know, would you consider making videos for us? And I'm like, sure. I've been paid maybe once, but I just do most of the stuff just for merch.
0: Oh, I was cool. like, you give me a shirt, yeah, you give me a shirt, I'll wear your shirt and uh, make a video. And um,
1: I don't know. That's you know, to me, that's the minor league thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not gonna get paid for it. But I know one year we did. Um, I made a video. I got contacted by Mueller Sports Medicine. Hmm. Uh, I think it's I think it's out of Colorado maybe not i have no no actually it's out of wisconsin i think but anyway they, okay. this guy reached out to me on twitter says i love your twitter i was like oh cool he's like this is our products and he goes through all this stuff and i'm like i was like i don't know maybe we could use some of that stuff i was like i'll shoot a video for you uh, and then, then i saw that they had um quench gum have you ever heard of quench yeah, gum yeah yeah so they're the makers of quench gum so i oh. said here's what here's what i need i said i'll make you a video with guys in the clubhouse or whatever I was like, you know, send me whatever stuff you want. but I was like, I want a ton of that quench gum. I was like, just give me like thousands of pieces of this quench gum because we were in, yeah, we're playing in Colorado Springs and it's very dry there. You know, you're 6,000 elevation. And I just realized, like, man, I'm always on the mound, and my mouth is just super dry. Yeah. And so next thing you know, we get this huge box. It has, like, a display thing, and I stick it up against the wall next to my locker like a dispenser. And I just made sure it was always filled with quench gum. And guys would go by before the game, and they would get a handful and throw it in their pocket, and they would use it, and guys loved it. So I was like, man, everybody wins here. Like, yeah. nobody lost in this.
2: Sure, <laughs> sure.
1: So that's what I, I, I love it. I love it. I think it's uh, – I think it's what social media was intended for. I know, you know, people like to use it for, you know, uh, bullying or whatever. But I think it's kind of like the One Ring in Lord of the Rings. Like it's <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's kind of evil, but you try to make it for good as much as you can. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I that's just that's just the one goal that I have when it comes to social media is to not take it too serious, but to have a good time and see if we can find some joy out there.
0: You went from clean shaven to, to a beard as being basically one of your signature looks and you even have an avatar with a beard on it. I mean, you've really <laughs> embraced it. Where did this, when did this start? And do you <laughs> endorse beard care?
1: Beard care? Uh, I mean, I have a beard care sponsor, I guess.
0: Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Legends grooming co this guy was like, Hey man, if I send you some beard stuff, will you use it? I was like, sure. So Solid. he sent it to me and I use it. So that's that would have been the extent of it.
1: Besides that, I don't really, you know, I don't really try to keep it too nice, <laughs> <laughs> which which I probably should. But um, I don't know. I I was clean shaven for the first twelve years of my career, Dang. and when I I got out and I, I had a mustache in Venezuela,
0: that was that was fun. Um, oh, that's a mustache. So I signed, yeah, I signed with the Brewers,
1: and we're, they were going to Colorado Springs. And so um, the longer you play, I mean, I guess the longer you you work in the, in the workplace, you know, you have different chapters. Like I worked for this place for this long in this place. It felt like a new chapter was coming and I was at my house and actually Ben was over. We were talking about something and he, and I said, man, I need to do something. I have had sideburns before when I went sidearm because I thought that was funny. And then I was like, I've done a mustache. I was like, I need something else. What is it? He goes, do the beard. I was Uh like, just grow a beard. He goes, grow the biggest beard. (laughs) that your wife will let you grow. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's what I did. I was like, all right, I'll grow a beard. And it kind of just stuck. And I shaved it for the first couple off seasons, but then I had to keep it when I was dancing on stage um, in Miami for the Univision
2: concert Ah. thing. But, (laughs) um, but usually I I do shave it every off season, but this year I didn't, I kind of trimmed it, but it just
0: became a part of me. I don't really know why I forget it's there, but I forget what my face looks like most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, Tim, before we go, what advice would you give to somebody that's you know on the grind uh, for baseball or even social media or anything, just following their dreams and and trying to be successful?
1: I don't know. I need to know that. I'm asking <laughs> you. Let me ask you. <laughs> you know, I, I think um, I don't know. It, it, everything's been done a certain you know a certain way. It's like what I find the best or the most entertaining is people that do kind of the same thing, but in a different way. There's so many great ideas out there. You know, just just keep coming up with ideas. Uh, In our own podcast, we're actually posting one tomorrow. Um, I interviewed R.A. Dickey. I was actually editing it right when you called me. And um, so I've known Dickey a long time, and so we knew it was going to be really tough for him to come into the studio where we are because it's hard enough for us to get in the studio, right? Yeah. So I was like, well, let me just interview this guy somewhere. I'll just meet him. Somewhere, And we'll just do an interview and then that'd be it. But I don't know how to interview people. I don't know anything. So basically we did, we sat down, we had coffee and we just talked and then I recorded it and that was it. And so we went to the um, studio and when we are all back in the room. We, what we did is we talked about RA beforehand and then played the interview and then talked about some of the things he said afterwards. So that kind of format was something we didn't do um, in our first season of the podcast. So that's something we're definitely doing. We already have some more in the pipeline mm. and we're hoping that spring training is going to bring a lot more of those. So we think it'll be fun. It's it's I learned a lot, you know, talking to a guy I've known for, you know, 11 or 12 years. I imagine that there's a lot that can be learned from these guys and that's really our goal with it is we want to we want to put something into the forefront that maybe people have heard before but not from these people. Yeah, they've, they've heard they've seen it on like a motivational poster, maybe at school
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: But we want to give it to you like, hey, this is the nuggets that these guys feel and deem important. And let's just get that to as many people as
0: possible. Ladies and gentlemen, this is this was Tim Dillard of the Nashville <laughs> Sounds. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show, dude. I really appreciate it. And I wish you the very best going forward. Um, I will give you a, a time to tell us where to follow you on Instagram and Twitter. okay appreciate it trey um
1: (laughs) let's see i'm on twitter i'm on instagram i have facebook youtube sometimes when i can remember yeah um i have my own website actually at dimtiller.com i don't really know why it started out as a joke but now i sell stuff on there you could buy my crap which is that's the actual icon you click on is buy my crap oh there Um, you go i don't know i don't know i i i'm just kind of all over the place but i'm searching for people to give me directions so feel free to message me on any of those platforms i usually get back to you and
0: i don't know listen to our podcast the show and go go to the show and oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect podcast podcast voice
1: i know when i get a microphone in front of me i'm like good morning everybody how's everybody <laughs> doing out there today
0: <laughs> that's perfect tim thank you so much once again man i i yeah, man. It really means a lot
1: i appreciate it thanks for having me on
0: Hey guys, don't forget to share, like, and subscribe.